Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Reshape Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan Nolte, and every week I bring knowledge and tips and strategies to help you lose weight to prevent disease. And we're in the middle of a series with Sarah Phelps, who's on a mission to get on the cover of the People magazine, Half Their Size Edition. It's an awesome goal, but we definitely need your support to help her get there. So be sure that you go to my YouTube channel, just Google Dr. Morgan Nolte YouTube, you'll find it. And I want you to subscribe to that channel and turn the bell on to get notified every time I post a new video so you can follow her story. And then I want you to comment and like and share that video on Facebook. Um, really show your support for Sarah. So um, I'm excited for you to hear this. It's our second session and we talk about a little bit more of her current health status, her current health habits, and we get into um, a little bit of habit change talk and pretty granular with implementation intentions, which is a strategy I really like to use with my clients and course members to help them narrow their focus and focus on one thing. Let's get 1% better every day. So without further ado, here's that episode. Hey, Sarah. Hey, what's going on? Oh, you know. Filming, that's what's going on. <laughs> so I wanted to, first of all, thank the audience because there's been a huge response to Sarah's first video, um, like well over 700 views on YouTube, way above my normal. And I wanted to thank everybody for your engagement and your support. Lots of positive comments on Facebook and YouTube. And I'm just super pumped to share this journey with everybody. Um, and Sarah and I, again, like we work really hard at this and we, we just talked for like 45 minutes, even before we started recording, um, to plan what we were talking about today, because we want you to get so much from these episodes. So be sure that you're subscribing to my channel, turn the bell on to get notified every single time I post a new video, um, and just engage with these, you know, comment, share her on, let us know your questions. So one thing that we were talking about before we got started was we want to structure these so that you kind of know what to expect every time. So I'll always have this little intro. We might do a fun quote, a um, couple things going on in our lives from the week, and then we're going to get to the body of it, do some actual coaching, because that's really what this is about, is helping Sarah lose the weight so she can kayak and travel and do all of those awesome things that she talked about in the first video, which by the way, if you haven't watched that, go and watch the whole thing because it's amazing. Um, and at the end, we're going to do listener, well, listener shout outs at the beginning at the end is Q and a. So any questions that we've gathered from the audience, we're going to be sure to address your questions. Um, both myself and Sarah have been in the comments, um, on Facebook and YouTube answering questions and, um, thanking people, but we'll be sure to address any specific questions in the videos too. And then she's going to give you a little teaser for next week and what you can expect because it's going to be really, really good. So without further ado, Sarah, let's go ahead and get started. I think you had a quote of the week. I did. Um, without showing the brand, this is a vitamin package I get every week. Um, and I take these vitamins every day. There's a zillion. But today's quote is, to be who you are and become what you are capable of is the only goal worth living. Um, that is a quote from the incredible, indomitable Alvin Ailey. Uh, he was a black choreographer that basically changed the trajectory of dance and made people see bodies in motion in a completely new way. So 
uh, you know, check out some of his choreography online if you're interested in that kind of thing. But most importantly to me, um, yeah, becoming what you're capable of is a much better idea in my mind than becoming what society deems as ideal. We are all capable of amazing things, but they're always different things. I am not capable of being Kate Moss. That's fine. <laughs> Kate Moss is also not capable of being me. Sorry, Kate Moss. I love you. Um, you know, the point is we're all capable of amazing things, but you know, embrace what you can do. Embrace who you really are. Yeah. And chase it. You know, it's like your dreams don't just happen. Every right. day we have to get up and we have to work and we have to get up early and we have to plan and prioritize. And I always say like, you have to learn how to say no, because everything that you say yes to is you're saying no to something else. And usually that's a bigger priority. Um, so I like that quote. Thank you. And you have the listener shout out this week too. I do. Um, I got a lot of really fun um, and super empowering comments online, okay. like hundreds of them on my Facebook. Um, my buddy Lisa from high school, we have known each other for 40 years. She said, wow, I'm in awe of your courage to do this journey publicly. I love the collaboration between you two, how you're learning together and sharing together. Um, and then she talks about how kayaking was also a goal of hers and how she looks forward to kayaking with me. Um, the reason I wanted to point this one out is because it is important to understand that this is a relationship between Morgan and I. Um, yes, we're friends, but she is also the iron fist in a velvet glove that is going to keep me accountable. Um, and I, you know... I'm kind of just helping her laugh a little bit about it and maybe understand the perspective of fat people, yep. um, which is difficult because we're taught not to talk, right? We're taught your thoughts aren't worthy until your body is worthy. That is incorrect. I love um, that. Oh my gosh. That was like a little truth bomb there. Sarah's full of really. truth bombs, you guys. So lots of love out to Lisa and I will be kayaking with you next year. Yes. And I think that we need to point out, say that again, like what you just said, your people think that your thoughts aren't worthy until your body's worthy. Right. Right. That's, that's, oh, that's a tough one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. When you are in a professional environment, fat people get passed over in every conference room I've ever been in. I will say something and people will skip over it unless they know me and then maybe they'll pay attention. But the point being, you know, your thoughts are worthy now and you need to stand up for them now. Yeah. Yeah. The more empowered you feel, the simpler, less complicated a journey towards health or any other goal will become. Mm -hmm. And I talked about this last time, but I think it's worth repeating. Like we kind of talked about the three layers of weight loss, you know, the, the cognitive layer of the science behind weight loss and insulin resistance. And that's what I teach in my course. And we're going to talk about that on these videos and habit change is super important. We're going to talk about those um, as well on these videos. And then the core, the heart, the belief, like believing that you're worthy, no matter what your body looks like to invest in you and to believe in you and to take positive steps every single day to become the person that you're meant to be. So, Absolutely. and the other thing that we added this week is kind of a feel good moment and an eye opener of the week. And both of us are going to share one. Sarah's going to go first. Um, 
I had a fabulous weekend with my partner, Tony. We went to the Museum of Nature and Science here in Denver. Um, The reason it was fabulous is because I walked for three hours and didn't end up crippled from pain. That's awesome. I went in with a strategy. Um, The minute I felt any strain on my legs, I sat down for one minute. Um, So that turned out to be like five breaks during this time. But what it did was prevent me from being so much in pain the next week that now I can still continue to exercise. Um, Also, you know, it's nice to be distracted while you're exercising. And I mean, dinosaurs and mummies, what can you do? So Mm -hmm. my eye opener was we went to a planetarium show and got placed in seats. The seat I was placed in was way too small for my butt. Um, 30 year old me would have just accepted it and been uncomfortable and probably hurt my back trying to fit in it. Uh, 46 year old me was like, no bullshit here. I'm moving. Yeah. So we, (laughs) we uh, requested new seats and some folks moved, switched seats with us so that I had a seat with no arms. Um, and it worked out great. Everybody was comfortable and really those folks got better seats anyway. Uh, long story short, the eye opener part of it was yeah. it's okay to stand up for yourself. If you're in a situation that makes you uncomfortable or might even cause you pain, change it. Mm-hmm. Don't be so what they think about you. Know, you. It like, does exactly. It yeah. does not matter what people yeah. perceive about you. What perceives is excuse me. What's important is your experience. You know, I wouldn't have even seen the planetarium show if I'd have sat in that super uncomfortable seat. Um, it was just way better. I, I guess I stood up for myself in a way. So I really think that that plays into the whole thought that what you believe about yourself is way more important than what anybody else believes about yourself and what other people think of you is none of your business. So when you're kind of caught in that little thought trap of, Oh, I don't know if I want to go to the gym. I'm not comfortable. I don't want to go for a walk. I don't know what people are going to think of me. You know, just remind yourself, it's not your business. Mind your own business. Doesn't matter what other people think of you. You got to keep trucking along and you do you. And honestly, if you're at the gym as a fat person, I guarantee you at least 50% of people are thinking something positive about you. Yep. Yep. You you think everybody is like, oh, there's a fat person using the treadmill. Ha ha. No, they're thinking Mm -hmm. if she can do it, I can do it. Why am I whining? You know, and I don't like to use the word whining, but you know, why am I complaining about having to go to the gym when that lady is here right now? So it's a good thing. What about you, Miss Morgan? Well, first of all, kudos to you for walking for three hours. That's amazing. And I really like that you were proactive and that you had a strategy going into that. Um, You were thinking ahead so that you didn't wreck the rest of your week. I think a lot of people can relate with that. Well, you know that I have a two-year-old and a two-month-old. And so my life's kind of crazy. We're We're right in the middle of course launch. And exercise is like a thing for me. You know, I've really realized in COVID what's good for my mental health is work and exercise. Those are like the things that refuel me. And when you're three, when you're nine months pregnant, you can't do a lot of exercise. And so I'm trying to be really intentional about doing something every day. And I'm finally doing better about that. So it was fun. My exercise, I think two days ago was we were outside playing. I was outside playing with the kids and I brought my weights outside and I didn't care what the neighbors thought of me. And I did lunges and I did single leg deadlifts and I did step ups onto our planter. You know, it's like, you don't need a gym, just use your garden. 
and you can work out anywhere. And I'm still sore. So <laughs> I was really proud of myself for just doing five or 10 minutes every day. I saw a, a, a comment in the course that someone wanted to start scheduling three hours a week to exercise. And she's a young mom like I am. And I'm like, that's probably overkill. Why don't you start with like five or 10 minutes a day? Right. So, yeah. We're gonna start it's with a lot that. easier to work in exercise when your kids can poop on their own and walk <laughs> on their own. I know. And like, yeah, we're just not right. We're not there yet. Um, and yeah, the whole time Dawson was like, mommy, no, mommy, play, play with me, mommy. And I'm like, you know what? You're okay. You're going to be okay for like five minutes while I do my little workout here. And my, my low is probably meal planning and prepping. So I sometimes I'm really good at this. I kind of am hot and cold. And uh, my husband reminded me last night, he's like, you know, I've been doing a lot of cooking lately. And I'm like, oh, thank you for that. He's like, can you start cooking more again? And so I need to do that. And I need to just schedule the time to do it. And I talk with people all the time. I, you know, I talk to people about how to meal plan and meal prep. And it's like, I still struggle with that. So yeah, that's what I'm working on. The only thing I would say is don't think about, I need to do this. Think about, I want to do this. Yeah. I, I want to be. I do. To do yeah. with my food, to help my family out by being healthy. You know, you need to do a lot of crap, but mm -hmm. if you change your mind to think, I want to do it, it's mm -hmm. way easier to do. And I think what's, what I fall into is what's easy for me to do right now. And it's easy for me to work because that's right. where my brain lives most of the time. It's hard for me to get out of that and like get into family mode. And I really need to be better about that. So that's what I'm trying to be way more intentional about. And family mode, part of that is cooking, you know, just getting it done. So I will try to remind myself to want to do that. Thank yeah, you for that. Absolutely. Yeah. For those of you who missed the first one, I'm learning from Sarah just as much as Sarah is learning from me. So, um, all right, let's go ahead and move on to kind of the meat of what we're talking about today. And for all of my clients, I really do a really thorough eval and Sarah's filled out a lot of paperwork for me and I've reviewed it and we're going to kind of highlight some of the most important parts I think that are important for the viewers to understand about where you're starting. And it's really, really important to know your numbers. So we're going to talk about your blood work, your blood pressure, kind of your starting weight, and then something that I call the daily five. So the daily five habits that are important to track. And then we're going to talk about a little bit on the course and maybe habits toward the end and come up with one thing, like what's the most important thing that you can do this week to get 1% better, better to move towards your goals. So Miss Sarah, I want you to tell me a little bit more. You know, last week you said I've lost 600 pounds in my life and my jaw dropped. I was like, whoa, that's, that's a significant amount of weight to lose. And I want you to tell us, how did you lose it? And why did you gain most of it back? Okay. Um, I would say the most successful I've been at losing weight um, was working with a personal trainer. And mm -hmm. he made exercise really fun. And then kind of just macro managed my nutrition saying, hey, I see you made this choice. Another choice could have been this which would have gotten you closer to a goal. Um, and I loved the camaraderie of the small gym setting he did. That was really successful. I gained, I think, my muscle mass and fat mass 
flip-flopped during that time. I was lifting a lot of weights. I was being super intentional about that. Um, and then, you know, life happens and I stopped being motivated. And that's what, you know, that's how it is. Um, I got into a really rough job and that kind of sucked all the energy out of my body. Um, Tony and I have tried keto. I have a huge issue with it because one, beans are a good source of protein for me, as is cheese, it, like dairy products, basically. Um, I am not a lover of meat, so it's very difficult for me to engage in a meal plan that is like, eat a pound of steak, because it grosses me out intensely. I, I do eat meat. This is not a political or socioeconomic situation. It's just not my palate. I don't love meat. So... Um, it was successful. I probably lost about 40 pounds on it. Uh, and I gained it right back, of course. Okay. So this last time, um, and, and there's little diets in, in between. You know, I tried the Mediterranean diet and stuff. Um, this last time I thought, let's just make one change. And then when that feels effortless and mindless, let's make another change. So I did things like try to cut out all pop or soda, depending on what part of the country you're from. I, we don't keep refined sugar foods in the house very much anymore. Currently we have some Eggo waffles. I'm just, I'm thrifty. So I want to eat my way through them and get them the heck out of here. Um, and I believe there's some cereal. It is stored on a shelf that is three feet above my head. So I actually can't reach it. So if I need cereal, I have to ask Tony to reach it for me. That's my strategy. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I, I probably quadrupled the amount of water I drink. Um, it was made super easy because our new house has the thing in the door of the fridge that makes water. So it's, I don't even have to think about it. Um, you know, just some small changes like that. I think I've reached, as I said last time, I think I've reached the end of the road as far as simple changes. And I need someone to augment my will to get this done. Um, so that's where we're at right now with Miss Morgan. I do not want to backslide any more than I already have, which you'll see when we talk about my stats. But, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm just not stressing about it. I'm like, this is where we're at. We're going to move forward from here. Amen. Like, let's not stress out about weight loss. COVID and life is stressful enough. And, and if you stress out, it's just going to slow you because stress will make it harder to lose weight, which we'll talk about in future episodes. But um, what about the weight loss surgery that you had? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, so that I big, like, life-changing surgery. Like, let's talk yeah. about that one. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, when you're fat, you're used to doctors, so meh. Um, so I had a ruined Y, which is a pretty drastic surgery. Basically, they cut out most – they short circuit your intestines. So your stomach kind of leads to your colon. Mm -hmm. it, that's a very oversimplified thing of it. But, um, and then everything's just left inside, which is not a big deal. Oh. And then they cut off most of your stomach and kind of put it to the side. And then you have a much smaller stomach. They call it a pouch, which is gross. So I just call it my stomach. Um, <laughs> it was very successful. And I had very little fallout from it physically. I did lose over 100 pounds easily from it and gained it right back. Um, I would say my stomach has stretched out probably three mm -hmm. times what it's supposed to be. 
Um, so part of this process has been, I've noticed I am not physically able to eat the amount of food. Um, the last few months, you know, I've been trying to do some nutritional changes. I, I can't eat a Subway foot long anymore. It's just not possible. So uh, I think that's positive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as I said last time, I probably wouldn't do it again simply because I, it didn't really solve anything. It's as Miss Morgan would say, Dr. Morgan, the habits we form are the things that really cause lasting change. It's, you know, the ruin why is a, a physical barrier. It's intended to give you a huge jump start so that the other things are easier to do. Uh, and it just didn't work out that way for me, but I know a lot of people who were really successful with it. So, yeah. And any dietary restrictions from it? Um, any problems with fat absorption, anything like that? Fat absorption at first, also because I had my gallbladder taken out a long time ago, so I have to be oh. a little bit more thoughtful about fats. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that the fat thing isn't a, a thing anymore, uh, okay. but sugar is. I can't drink sugar or eat things like ice cream. If I have sugar, it has to be something that I chew that has some fiber mixed with it, even just a little. If I drink like a hot chocolate or a full-on sugary soda or something like that, I will get sick immediately. Um, So at this point, I've given Tony permission. He will say, hey, how about I order it and you have a bite of mine? And that's enough for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. So I think that's helpful for people to understand kind of what you've tried in the past. It didn't really work. The, the thing that's really worked is like you said, like one change at a time. And that's kind of where I really help people is let's identify the most impactful change that you can make now. And then we're going to master that. And then we're going to move on to the next most impactful change that you're willing to do. And that's important too. I can maybe say, this is going to get you the farthest. You're like, I don't want to do that right now. And so we're not going to do that. We've got we to figure out something, a sweet spot, you know, what's going to be most impactful and most likely to get done. Yeah. So, all right, let's discuss your stats you recently had. Was it just a regular check-in with your doctor? Yeah, I, we changed insurance because I got laid off from COVID. So I have a brand new doctor. Okay. So she and I went over my medical record, basically. I had blood work done. Uh, I believe just at the beginning of May. So that's the blood work we're talking about. And obviously she took my stats at that time. I have another doctor's appointment at the end of August where we'll do a fasting blood sugar. And I will be glad to report that to our viewers. So yeah. And for the viewers, it's very important to know your numbers. And I know a lot of people procrastinate getting this and they, they like to play the ignorant card and like, Mm, if I don't know about it, it's not going to hurt me. It's like, it's going to hurt you a lot. So I teach people a lot in my course about their numbers because tell me if this is your experience, but what I've heard is people go to the doctor and they, they get their blood work done and then it might come to them through a portal and no one actually sits down and talks to them about what those numbers mean. Is that your experience? It is. Um, and to be honest, when you're a fat person, every single time you go to the doctor, they're like, maybe we should do some blood work to see if you're diabetic. Like they want you to be so that you're being punished for being fat. I'll be honest with you. I'm not diabetic. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I get tested almost every time I go to the doctor. Yeah. So that alone will make you start to stop listening to stuff. Mm-hmm. Because almost you're like, like the boy oh, that cried wolf or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Precisely. Yeah. Uh, so, but I want to kind of know where I'm at. I know I'm, I'm not diabetic. I don't think I'm even in the danger zone, but I need to know where I'm at. Yeah. Because I don't want to be diabetic. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I know personally, I wouldn't manage it very well. It would okay, be a so really trying to like stay out of that range. Yeah. I think that's a great health indicator for someone like me. So, mm-hmm. And, you know, right now the blood pressure was a little bit high. Where was it? It was 128 over 82. And right. it, 120 over 80 used to be considered good and healthy. And then a couple of years ago they changed that to be, oh, no, that's a little bit too high. So are you on any medications for blood pressures? Nothing. I was at one point. Um, I had a huge amount of stress in my life at one point. Um, my blood pressure average, they started taking it every week, was like 146 over 100. Wow. Okay. Which is pretty high. It's not, I'm going to have a heart attack tomorrow high, but it's yeah. high. Um, so I was put on some, what they call water pills, but to help with my blood pressure. Okay. At this point, I don't need those things. My personal blood pressure goal is probably around 110 over 70. Mm-hmm. because that is, I know that at a point in my life when I was exercising regularly and doing things that were much more active, that's where it sat mm-hmm. very solidly. And so I think that's a good goal for me. I think so. And I think that it's important that you recognize I'm on the borderline here. And if I don't make some health changes, I'm heading towards diabetes. I'm heading towards cardiovascular disease. I'm heading towards, you already said you're what, bone on bone on your knees? Yes. Yeah. So arthritis, I mean, there's some serious health implications. And I think a lot of people take action when they have that light bulb moment of, oof, I got to do something here. I don't want to spend money on drug, on prescriptions, you know. So let's talk about your A1C. Okay. So for those who don't know, your hemoglobin A1C is a measure of your blood glucose over the last three months. Now, my lovely father, who's very open, uh, he is um, known for like fasting before his blood sugar readings. And I'm like, dad, that doesn't count because they test your A1C. You know, it might improve your fasting blood sugar, but you can't, can't hide a lot from your A1C, you know. And yours was, what, 5.4. Right. Which is in the normal range. But it's, it's edging towards the pre-diabetes range of like 5.7. Right. And then your blood sugar was 111, not fasted. Right. Which is pretty good, actually. So I wouldn't worry. I'm, I'm curious what your fasting is because that's, that's a little bit more meaningful. Um, but overall, you know, I feel like your numbers aren't bad, but there's room for improvement. Um, oxygen and pulse were fine. And then we were 387 pounds. And how did right. that... How did that resonate with you when you heard 387? What do you think? Cognitively, I am aware that I have backslid in some of my good habits. The last probably two months that I've been living here in Castle Rock um, in our new home, because I'm so isolated, I tend to eat more, Mm -hmm. um, which we'll get into in a minute. But uh, it was good to put a number to it. I am not particularly stressed about it. 
all I see it as is the jumping off point. This is my diving board amount. And when I get out of the pool, that amount is the most important amount. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's weight. I will never be thin. It's just my body isn't even capable of it. I have a huge skeleton. and it, Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so I just see it as this is where I'm at. This is where I'm at right now. And I don't ever want to see a number higher than that. So do you want to weigh yourself on your weight loss, you know, journey, whatever you want to call it? I think monthly, monthly? I think monthly. Okay. Um, I don't have one of those scales that does the fat to lean muscle mass thing, mm -hmm. but my doctor does. So, um, she said I could come in and weigh myself whenever. Okay. So I'm going to do that. Yeah. I do have an appointment in a month, so I'll weigh myself then. Okay. I just want to see that I'm moving forward. I don't have to be moving forward 50 pounds every time I weigh myself, but I want to, I want to see progress. Mm -hmm. even if I it's tell people pound. don't weigh yourself every day. I mean, your, your oh, weight man. has like a five pound range anyways, yeah. and you're going to drive yourself nuts. If you're always stressing and you're going to be changing too much and you're just going to beat yourself up. And so at a max, I recommend like once a week. So uh, a lot of it's water weight too, when you're, when you're first starting to change your habits. And so a lot of people see a lot of weight loss the first month or two, um, and then it slows down and they get frustrated. So I'm glad you kind of have that long-term perspective. That's really important for long-term success is to not be super impatient about it. Right. And honestly, getting overly detailed about it is going to make you insane. You are not a stat. You are a human. If I feel better in a month and I haven't lost any weight, but I can do twice as much walking, I feel like that's a win no matter what. Obviously, I want to lose weight for reasons that we've already discussed, but um, those are my personal reasons. So, yeah, I think that that's very well said. I think everyone has a different opinion about the scale. And I think you kind of said it well, like you're not a number, like that's just a number that doesn't define you at all. Um, I wanted to touch on your, a couple other things, your pain, because I was really surprised to read through your paperwork and see that you had so much pain because just talking to you wouldn't know. So right. tell us about your pain. Um, it is true that most people that feel chronic pain don't really show it because you can't spend every day rolling around on the floor screaming. I have a fairly significant arthritis in my knees. Uh, and just from all the sports and stuff that I did, yes, fat people can do sports. Um, as well as some horseback riding things that have happened. I, there are some places in my body that have like cracks in the bone that have calloused over. Uh, I've broken my neck. My knees have been pretty much destroyed. Um, I do feel a lot of pain. I work very hard to never have to take narcotics for it because that is a downhill slope I'm not ready for right now. Uh, and, and that's really all to say about it. It is something I live with every day. And any day that I wake up and I don't feel a lot of pain is one of the best days ever. So what's your average pain? Probably on a daily basis, I'm at a six. Okay. And um, the worst it gets? Oh, easily a nine. I have actually passed out because my knees hurt so bad. I've blacked out. Um, and Tony, obviously he had a 
absolute freak out when that happened, but yeah, um, it is what it is. You know, I, part of this is so that, you know, the pain doesn't have to be my constant companion. Um, Mm -hmm. it'll be okay. Have you noticed a difference in your pain since you've um, given up pop and sugar? They're not like given up sugar, but reduced your sugar intake. Have you noticed a difference in your pain? I think so. I think I've noticed a difference in two places. One is that my inflammation has reduced, period. Mm -hmm. All over my body, things that have been inflamed are less inflamed. The other place I've noticed it is cognitively. Um, I rely hugely on my memory because I have a, I have almost a photographic memory. It is much easier for me to access memories now. It's much easier for me to think way ahead quickly now that I'm, especially without aspartame. So, oh, okay. Yeah. And aspartame really diet soda. You what was that? I, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I no, okay. generally drink like diet soda. You did? Before you gave it up? Okay. It's obviously full of aspartame. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I talk a lot about artificial sweeteners and aspartame. I couldn't find any research that said it raised your insulin. And I'm like, but that's still one of the bad ones. And, and there's so many side effects to aspartame. For me, it makes me kind of, I don't want to say a bad word, but cranky. Um, artificial sweeteners, especially sucralose and aspartame, they make me like mad. And people don't recognize there's cognitive side effects to those chemicals. Um, So anyways, another time, another place, but I also wanted to talk about fatigue. Um, So you, you reported that you had excessive fatigue and I wanted to see if that had gotten any better since you cut back a little bit on the aspartame um, added sugars or if it's still an issue for you right now. It has gotten better in the sense that I'm not swinging back and forth between I'm so tired. Woo, I have energy. Now I'm, you know, it, it almost creates a manic depressive thing inside your body when you pound sugar and then you instantly drop off, but then you want more sugar because it's fun to be manic. Um, So (laughs) that has ended and now I'm on kind of a steady uphill energy slope. Okay. Every day I do a little bit more. Every day I sleep a little bit better. The more I use my mind, the better I sleep. That's for me, that's probably the key. So I like that. I feel like a yeah. lot of people needed to hear that, especially with COVID. Perhaps they've been laid off and they're not like, what do I do? And they're not sleeping well. And you just said, the more I use my mind, the better I sleep. Absolutely. I yeah. am religious about doing the New York Times crossword every day and improving my time. You can do um, that thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my, my gosh. My Sunday crossword time now is 12 minutes. That's amazing. I couldn't do it ever, and I would for sure have to cheat on Google. For sure. <laughs> it, it's difficult, but it's worth it. I, you know, I, for me, that's the kind of thing that's better. Um, I tried to teach myself Arabic. Turns out it's kind of difficult to do that, so I'm going to backslide <laughs> into romance languages where I'm more comfortable. Um, my French is good, but I don't speak Spanish, which I should obviously. So. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, if I ever decide to do a crossword, I'll text you. (laughs) Okay. So now that people have a little bit more of a background of, uh, your health status, kind of what some concerns are with pain, I wanted to bring up something I call the daily five. 
and I teach it in my course and it's in one of the documents called the sustainable weight loss system and there the five habits that I track that I recommend you track um, even if you're not working on them it's good to be cognizant that these are important here so the first is obviously your nutrition specifically tracking your food um, so I know you went through the first module in the course and the first masterclass and you downloaded a food tra tracking app on your phone and you've started to use that. So can you tell me a little bit more about what you're currently eating? I don't care what you're eating. I just kind of want to know. And I think the viewers will want to know. Okay. Um, I adore things that are crunchy and salty. Okay. So my Achilles heel, if you want to call it that, is always crackers and chips okay. so I have been eating a lot of those in the last few months which is probably the weight gain we're seeing um, I don't get hungry at night pretty much at all after three o'clock I stop being hungry but I still eat ah. so that's a problem right I'm eating when I'm not mm -hmm hungry my body is saying hey you don't need anything and I'm like yeah I do yeah because uh, it tastes good uh, mm -hmm. so we will eat a lot of crackers and cheese at night which is okay I mean it's not the worst thing ever but when you eat like a half a box of triscuits and a I was wondering of what your cracker and chips of choice were yeah triscuits huge because I like mm -hmm. the granularness of them I guess Do you get the salt and pepper ones Nope, just plain old Triscuits. Mm, I like the pepper ones. Okay, what about chips? I love food too, people. Like, I'm a foodie, so I always like right. hearing. I always say yeah. I eat vicariously. Right. At parties or something. <laughs> I, uh, I would say I like almost all chips, but I love Doritos with cheese melted on them. Whoa. Right. Doritos nachos. Yeah, they're the best. Okay. So a lot of that, um, I would say there is a downhill slide in nutrition through my day. Yeah. I tend to eat a pretty much better breakfast. My lunch tends to be, oh, what's around? I'm just going to gather it into a pile and eat it. Like there's crackers, then a leftover this, I'll eat that. And then dinner tends to be the least, which is one of the reasons why we started one of those mail order meal programs. Okay. We get which, like three yeah. meals a week. They almost never have cheese in them because we chose the locale option. And I, I think it's just stretching my palate. So I'm not relying on cheese so much. I'm thinking about flavors, herbs, spices, that kind of thing. I think it's been very positive. And uh, Tony generally cooks them, okay. which That's is nice. nice, you know. So, so how many calories are in one of those meals? Do you know? They vary between about 400 for two meals to 800 for two meals. So about 200 to 400 calories because we're on the low cal option. The stats of them are kind of alive for me because Tony and I both know I don't really like meat. So mm -hmm. I eat much less of the meat part and much more of the vegetable part. It is what it is, but I will talk about protein in a minute. But yeah. I need to get a lot more protein. So, yeah. And for the viewers, we're going to talk a little bit more about macros next week. Yes. Um, and that's going to be really important for you. Um, I'm not surprised to hear you're eating a 200 to 400 calorie dinner and then wanting chips and cheese or crackers and cheese later, because that's probably not enough food. 
to keep you satiated and keep you full. And people right. are always shocked when I tell them to eat more. And I'm like, weight loss is not about eating less and exercising more. It's about balancing your hormones and reducing your insulin. And one great way to do that is to eat more of the right foods. So right. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Um, so that's a little bit more about what you eat. How about when you eat? So that's the next habit to track is your feeding window. I, I don't know what else to call it. Feeding window sounds like like life's, you know, it's weird, but feeding window. Yeah. I am not a snacker, uh, which generally surprises people. I usually just eat three meals a day. Okay. Um, I will eat snacks if they're sort of out on the counter in a bowl. I might graze on my way through the kitchen, but very rarely do I intentionally like get a bag of chips and sit in front of the TV and eat all of them. That's not my particular issue. So, what about the crackers and cheese at night? That's usually my dinner. Okay, gotcha. So that's yeah. like the third meal is crackers right. and cheese. Exactly. And then, when do you start eating in the morning, and when do you stop eating? So, how many hours of the day are you in a quote-unquote fed state? Okay, so I get up pretty early in the morning. I'm a morning person. I'm so sorry, everybody. I usually eat by seven o'clock okay. in the morning. I eat lunch between 11 and one some at some point in there. And then dinner is usually between six and eight. Okay. So I recognize that there are huge gaps in there where maybe I should be having a snack, like some nuts or something. No, no, no. But I, but, but I try to just drink water instead. Yes. I, I say no to it. snacking. Like you're going to learn so much in the course. And it's like people who have been trained to eat five or six times a day is because people have spent millions of dollars making them believe that they need snacks and inventing an entirely new category of food called snack food. And snack food is not real food, people. So <laughs> I'm fine with three meals a day. I think that's a great starting place. Don't Good. be adding in a bad habit of snacking here. Let's just stick with the okay. three and we're going to work from there. Um, and let's see, there's a module all about intermittent fasting. So we're going to get into fasting later. Another habit is sleep. And on your intake paperwork, you said you slept for six hours, not rested, high stress, not going to change too much right now with COVID. So it's talk a little bit more about your sleep. Yeah, it's, it's stress and pain. Um, if okay. my knees hurt, I will wake up every hour on the hour oh and need to sit up and bend them in really changing my sleep position doesn't make any difference at all. If my knees don't hurt, I can sleep a pretty solid seven, eight hours. Okay. Uh, so I'm really trying to be intentional about, hey, my knees hurt a lot. Maybe before I go to bed, I need to ice them for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I do have many different prescriptions for medicine and, or for pain and anti-inflammation. I try to resist them because I, I don't want to build up resistance so that, you know, the only way to make me not feel pain is to have intravenous morphine or something mm -hmm. super extreme. I want to put myself in a situation where the, the lowest possible denominator will fix it. So. Okay. Yeah. And there's, there's lessons towards the end of the, at the end of the course on sleep. And so I think we'll talk a little bit more about sleep strategies there, but that, you know, that's important. Do you right. recognize the hormonal link between sleep and weight gain? Or... I, I don't, but I'm looking okay. forward to learning about it. Yes, I'll teach you that on another date. We'll talk about that on another date. 
Um, water, you said that your water has been improving a lot and this yes. is so important. So our body is between 50 and 60% water and dehydration is such a huge problem. So what made you recognize that you needed to focus on that? I read an article. Um, I read a lot of sort of physician articles, scientific articles, read an article about the, the relationship of being dehydrated with cognitive decline. Mm -hmm. And I would say my number one fear is cognitive decline. So that was hugely motivating for me. Yeah, absolutely. And there, it's just mild dehydration. You can start to have cognitive effects, physical effects, and people, they just don't recognize, oh, I have a headache. Well, you could be dehydrated. It could be that right. simple. Maybe take some water instead of a Tylenol and see if you feel better. Yeah, okay. Um, and then activity. So for those who aren't familiar with activity versus exercise, both are important. Activity is kind of the overarching umbrella. And then there's different forms of exercise. You have strength, you have flexibility, you have aerobic, and you have balance. So what's your overall activity like? I would say right now I'm ratcheting up from truly sedentary to lightly active, okay. by which I mean I am intentionally taking walks. I am able, our house is full of stairs. I'm able to get up and down the stairs in the house without a problem. And I've stopped making choices because I don't want to go up and down the stairs. There you go. That's you know, intentional. I, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do that because it's upstairs and I want to go up the stairs. I, I've stopped kind of having to do that. Yeah. And um, just in general, like if I go to Target, I try to do laps of the store if I can, mm -hmm. or maybe go up and down every single aisle at a decent, non-publicly irritating clip, um, just to get a little bit of extra activity in. So. Yeah, I think that's great. And that's a wonderful place to start. I mean, do you have that mentality that you have to burn calories to lose weight? Do you have that? in your mind? I, for me, the activity part is I want to be able to do more activity. Like we mm -hmm. talked about last time, there are specifically physical goals that I have. Yeah. Like the kayaking, um, the horse riding. Right. The kayaking, mm -hmm. I, the traveling. I know that if I do more activity, I will be able to do more activity. I don't worry yeah. about calorie things because it's very difficult to even calculate sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yes, if you're sitting on a treadmill and doing your thing, it's going to try to calculate your calories burned, but it may not be accurate because of your weight or maybe you're menopausal or not menopausal. Yeah. I, so I just don't stress about it. I think about, I want to be able to do twice this much in a month. Mm -hmm. I think you that's know, wonderful. I have, yeah, I have a fitness goal this year. There's a trail mm -hmm. I want to be able to do. Okay. It's only a mile, but it the... The first half is straight up. Mm. Um, it goes to Adams Falls and Estes Park. So my goal by the end of the year is to be able to do the trail. Cool. That's awesome. Can I tell you my Estes Park story? This is way off topic, yeah, but it's really do. hilarious. Okay. So we were hiking with my family in Colorado and um, Michelle Kwan was there, like oh, wow. Olympic ice skater. And she's my favorite. I remember when she fell in the Olympics and she got up and she was smiling. And I'm like, what a professional. Like, she was my idol. And 
we were there and my uncle who's super sarcastic and I thought he hated me until I was like 16 when I understood what sarcasm was. He's right. like, Morgan, look, there's Christy Yamaguchi, another ice skater. And I'm like, oh my gosh, really? And I went up and she had her Olympic jacket on that said Michelle. And I asked her, I'm like, are you Christy Yamaguchi? Oh. And she's like, no. And I was so confused. And I like went back to my uncle. I'm like, no, that wasn't Christy Yamaguchi. And he's like, you idiot. That was Michelle Kwan. And I'm like, what have you done to me? That was my chance to get an autograph. And so then we saw her later in a shoe store. And I, it was so funny. It was like the movies. Like I was standing and walking the aisles and I saw her and I dropped to the ground and I like crawled out of the store. So she wouldn't see me because I was so embarrassed. So Michelle Kwan, if you ever watch this, I'm really sorry. My bad. Thanks, Michelle Kwan. Yeah, that's my S's story. Okay, so we have covered a lot today. Let's kind of wrap up with some habit change stuff. And you said you really enjoyed the Mastering Your Habits Masterclass that's in the course. So what did right. you like about that? Two things very specifically. I want to be ultra specific when I comment because saying something is nice is the same Thank as you. saying I didn't watch it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> the first thing was you mentioned why is it oh, – I want to get it right. Why is it so easy to build a bad habit and difficult to get rid of it? Why is it so hard to build a good habit and easy to get rid of it? And then you kind of went into the science behind it, which I thought was really helpful for somebody like me. I have to understand it intellectually mm -hmm. to be able to process it. Mm -hmm. The other thing was you created sort of a bad habit, good habit, intentionality worksheet. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm planning to try to use that like monthly. So, you know, every month I'm going to try to think to myself, you know, I've made some good changes. Here are good habits and I want to reinforce those. Here are some habits that maybe aren't bad, but aren't getting me to my goal. I want to try to break those habits. Yep. I think more than a month, it, it takes a long time to build or break a habit. I, I don't think trying to do it weekly is worth it. I think at the end of a month, I will have a cognitive idea of I am successful at this or not. Mm -hmm. So, And did you see this uh, sustainable weight loss system where I, I dive into detail on implementation intentions and the daily five, yes. the weekly preview? So I agree, like, let's kind of reassess every month on what to focus on, but every week, I would love to see you using that weekly preview and it talks about, you know, what were some highlights of the week? What did you do really well this week? What can you focus on that was good this week? Um, what do you need to focus on to improve for the next week? And uh, just other stuff like that. So I'd love to see you start using those, but really specific um, implementation intentions I think are helpful. And for those who don't know, that comes from the book um, Atomic Habits by James Clear. James, if you're ever watching this, please come on my podcast. Um, I talk about you all the time in the course. And it's where you say, I will insert behavior at insert time or, you know, date. Um, and then my little tidbit that I add is because of a reason. I want every single time you to remember why you're doing this. So... I hope you didn't just hear that. My son just dumped out a ton of toys upstairs. So, okay. So what's your implementation intention for this week? Let's talk about what you can do. 
My implementation intention, and I did put a little thought into this. I am going to make a protein heavy breakfast in the morning. I do have time now. It is going to incorporate fiber and vegetables every morning this week. I am going to take the time for myself to do that at seven o'clock in the morning all week this week until Wednesday of next week when we meet again. And I am doing this because I think for someone like me, it's incredibly important to start off on the right foot. Every so day. I'm concentrating yeah. on breakfast. Okay. I need to get a ton of protein in. That's the best place to start. I love eggs. Great. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna incorporate eggs with something like broccoli and maybe like a half mm. a cup of oatmeal or something like that to get some fiber. Um, and that's what I'm going to do this week. Okay. And you're tracking your food too, right? Yes, I am. Okay. So I think next week we should really look at your macros and talk okay. about, um, you know, the fiber in half a cup of oatmeal versus the fiber in half a cup of broccoli and really kind of get nitty gritty and see what's going to help you reach your goals. Um, okay. and what I would really, really love to see you do if I could make an implementation intention for you is track your food. Are you cool with that? Yes. I like, think that is a commitment I need to make to you mm -hmm. or the entirety of our relationship. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't look at what I'm eating. I can't do my job as well. Precisely. When and do you want to track your food? Like throughout the day? Do you want to plan it at the beginning of the day and edit as you go? I know I can't plan it at the beginning of the day because mm -hmm. that's not how my life works. And yep. I don't know if that's really how anyone's life works. Mm -hmm. So I know I eat three meals a day. I think it is best if I make my meal, sit down with it and track it right then and there or right after my last bite. Yeah. I like then that. I know if I ate all of it, sometimes I really overestimate how much food I'm going to eat. So I just need to make sure that I do that. Um, okay. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think me. that's I cool. I do it right now. So and at this stage of the game, we're working on that habit of tracking your food. I, like I said, at this point, I don't care what you eat. I want you to get good at tracking. I want you to get comfortable with the application. And so that implementation intention for those of you watching and you're like, oh, I'm going to start tracking my food. That's never going to get done. It has to be, I'm going to enter my food into the application right after I sit down and finish my meal, every single meal, because... I want to get healthy or because I want to optimize my nutrition because I want to lose however much weight because I want to be on the cover of the half their size people's magazine, which is the goal by the way, people, which is why you need to subscribe to this channel and support this because people magazine is going to be a lot more likely to pay attention to Sarah if there's good community support behind her. So absolutely do that right now. Okay. So any questions on implementation intentions? No, I feel good about these. Um, I have a grocery list. I'm ready. Okay. Yeah. I never go to the store without a list. Not ever, ever, ever. So good tip. Yep. Um, and I think we were going to end on a couple of questions that we got on YouTube. Yep. And then I'll announce the amazing topic for next week, which is going to be really, really good. So be sure you tune back in. Now, Sarah and I meet every Wednesday. And depending on my life schedule, my goal is to get them posted no later than 24 hours later, but it'll be posted by the weekend. 
So today's a little busy. Um, let's go to the questions. Do you have that document in front of you? I don't. You can just read them to me or okay. give me an idea of what they are. Uh, the first one is, if you are so adamant about the rights of fat people, why are you on a weight loss journey? It's a good question, right? Because it seems like cognitive dissonance. And, you know, it's, it, cognitive dissonance is like I say one thing, I think the other. That's kind of the very simplified version of it. Here's the biz. I am fat now. When I get to my goal weight, I am not going to be thin. I'll be healthy, but I, I'm not thin and I will never be thin. And just because I'm healthier and at a weight I'm comfortable with doesn't mean I stop loving the people around me. Fat people catch a lot of hell, to be honest. People like to make us suffer. I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with people who are the opposite of me suffering. So why would I be okay with people just like me suffering? If you're fat, you don't need to lose weight if you don't want to, if you're not ready to, but you do have every right to be treated well and equitably in this world. So I'm going to continue to fight about it. And I'm going to continue to try to give people some knowledge about it, some tools. Um, you know, they're just mean people out there and they're going to, they're going to try to get you down because it makes them feel better. So I'm going to try to help you fight that. Nice. Thank you. Okay. Um, I like this one. How can you be so open uh, when it will expose you to potential cruelty and scrutiny? And can I mention here, um, there was one semi-off comment, semi-negative comment out of the hundreds of comments that we got from the last video. Um, and I think people might not always verbally express their true thoughts. And you might, you might know some of them. You might assume some of those negative thoughts. So how can you be so open knowing that it's going to potentially expose you to the cruelty and scrutiny of other people's meanness? I get it anyway. Every time I go to the grocery store, every time somebody has to switch seats with me so my butt will fit in a seat. You know, fat people get looked up and down all the time. I don't, you know, beautiful women do too. Thin women do too. Really all women get looked up and down, but fat people, it's totally okay to make a comment about our bodies. Our bodies are public because, you know, people think they have the right to say, oh, you should be this, or should you be eating that? I've had strangers question my food choices in restaurants. Oh my gosh. I you question them back to be like, what about your food? I would. I'd be so I mad. I'd be like, you know, thanks for the comment. You know, I... To be honest, at this age, my give a shit is broken. <laughs> I do not care if you think you need to comment on my food. The only person in this planet who has the ability to make a comment that is not me is my partner because he knows my habits very well and he knows that there are consequences. Other than that, yeah. my friends don't do it. And if the people I love don't comment on my choices, certainly strangers don't have the right to do so. Um, so yeah, I'm going to get the scrutiny anyway. As I said, my give a shit is broken. I like who I am. I know I am whip smart. I know I am proactive. I am positive. I'm a great team member and I'm a leader. 
And it took a long, long time to get to that spot. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give it up because somebody thinks that they're empowered to ask me why I'm eating a waffle. Screw you. Mm -hmm. I don't care about you, you know? Well, that's not true. I'm kind of a humanist. I do care about you. But I understand the place that that's coming from yeah. is fear. Usually negative comments, if you drill it down far enough, it comes from fear. We'll talk about that more later. But mm-hmm. just at this point, this is something I can do to help people, to help myself, to help Morgan and her business. It's important to me. It's mm-hmm. important to me that you know you're just like me and you deserve the things I think I deserve too, maybe more. So that's where I'm at with it. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Those are my favorite parts of the episode where you just preach it, by the way. And I'm probably pretty sure those are everyone else's favorite parts too. All right. So one of my dear, dear friends and clients, um, shout out, you know who you are. He asked, does she use a CPAP machine? I think I need to start using the one I have or the one I have. I've never used one. Okay. So yeah, I use my CPAP religiously. When I first got it in 2007, I kind of slacked off. Um, You feel like crap when you have sleep apnea and wake up because you're waking up so many times. It will give you headaches. It makes you incredibly tired. You're not getting enough oxygen in your Mm -hmm. brain. So frankly, you're killing parts of your brain. I use it religiously. If I laid down in bed to read and I think I might fall asleep, I have it ready to go just nice. in case. My suggestion to you, sir, yeah. is number one, if it's been a while since you got the CPAP, see if your doctor, if your insurance will pay for another study because your needs may have changed. Um, if it's not been that long, get it a really good cleaning and try it. I know it feels like, so number one, it's super unsexy, right? Like there's, there's no bed things happening when you have on Darth Vader's mask, but it actually doesn't matter at all. Cause there's no bed things happening when you feel like shit every day either. So try That's it. So funny. We'll get used to it. It took me three, three days to get used to my mask. And now I can't even sleep without it. I know exactly how I feel if I try to fall asleep without my CPAP and it's bad. It's really bad. Did you have to do different masks or like a different nose piece or I've heard of people having to try different types of masks or pieces to get one that was comfortable enough for them. Yeah. And I think it helps. It helps to some extent if you sleep with someone or have a sleep study so they know how you actually breathe at night. I had a zillion sinus surgeries, so many sinus Hmm. infections when I was a kid. So unfortunately, I'm a bit of a mouth breather. Um, So I know at night, I slack back into that habit, Mm -hmm. the habit of mouth breathing, and I'm not going to stress about it. So um, I have a full face mask. It covers my nose and mouth, and it just doesn't bother me. I know a lot of people sleep with just the nose piece because they're nose breathers, and that's fine. Okay. So I would... I would just try to get an idea of how you actually breathe at night. Okay. I, I laughed when you're like, it's definitely not sexy because let me tell you what I look like at night. And it's not sexy either. I have right. both of my retainers in. Oh no, no, no. Both of my retainers in shorts from like ninth grade Walmart. And I always have a nasal strip. So even you guys, 
I'm still a mouth breather. I have sinus problems. Even if you don't need a CPAP, those nasal strips can really open up your airway and help you sleep a lot better. Um, I used to wear an eye mask and earplugs. And then Justin, my husband, made me stop. He's like, that's so weird. And I just can't sleep next to you when you have an eye mask and earplugs in. Um, so now it's just the retainers and the cool little nasal thing and looking yeah, fine. Pretty sexy. I got pretty you. sexy. Yep. <laughs> um, okay, we had a request for a before and after or a before picture. What do you think about that? I'm of two minds about it. Um, on the one hand, I am doing this publicly. Yeah. And a before picture helps people know kind of where I'm at. And I don't feel like I owe it to anybody, but I do think it would help people understand that I'm just like you and my body isn't where I quite want it to be. So there's that part. The other part is no one has the right to look at my body if I don't want them to. Mm -hmm. I don't owe it to anyone and it's my private thought. So to that viewer, I thank you for the question. I'm going to think about it. I'm leaning towards giving you at least a decent picture of my body just so that people can sort of relate to it. Um, there are parts of my body that are awesome. I have extremely broad, strong shoulders. That looks great, right? Um, my ankles are nice. My wrists are great. Um, I have kind of larger biceps, but my weight is concentrated in my lower abdomen and hip area. So that's what you would see in a picture. I'll think about it. That's kind of where I'm at. I'll think about think, it. Just think about it. And then the last thing on our um, list before we announce the topic for next week, did you go into the quote about change yet? I no. We did. Can you mention no. that? Yeah. I went to a really great seminar this week about bias. And one of the quotes she said was, no one wants change. We want the results of change. Of course. Of course. Mm -hmm. That's part of why you have a gastric bypass, right? Yeah. I don't want to actually do anything. I just want to be thinner. Everybody is like that because we are animals and our human brain is like, let's do, let's get there the easiest way possible, the fastest way possible so that I could concentrate on the things that sustain your life. Um, I agree with that. So now you have to, you talked a lot about in your video about embracing the journey. I am 100% a teleological thinker. So I am all about the goal. I am all about getting to the goal. So I'm, as far as this idea of change, I think that I need to work with my brain, but also adhere to the course that we've set. So what I'm doing is setting micro goals. Um, they're tiny goals, but if I achieve them, I get to check off a box, right? So that satisfies my nature. Mm -hmm. I like that. And it's brilliant. You know, I feel like that's why you're just so perfect to have on here because you're a really, really good critical thinker and problem solver. Um, and you kind of take a thought and you think, how can I make that work for me? Even if right. it's not exactly what the recommendation is or what the thought is, but that's what you got to do. It's like, you have to make it work for you. So um, two big things to do this week, implementation items, high protein breakfast, do what you feel. And then, um, getting, getting some fiber in there too, and tracking your food every single time. 
Um, I will be looking at your food log next week when we meet. Um, don't allow that to change your food choices at this point. I want that honest, raw data, whatever it is. Oh, and then we'll get honesty. Okay, good. Um, and then let's announce the topic for next week because this one's going to be really relatable. Okay. The topic for next week is shame. The role of shame in all women's lives, the role of shame in fat women's lives, the role of shame in society. Yes, that seems super broad, but I'm going to drill it down. The long and short of it is that shame is a weaponized emotion. There is nothing okay about shame. It does not have a place in your life. And we'll discuss that next week. Yeah, I'm really excited for that because um, we've talked, uh, like in our church group, we talk about shame versus guilt. And that's always kind of been a hard concept for me. Right. Um, so I think you kind of mentioned like the shame that all women experience. And that's true. You know, you don't just have to be overweight to feel shame. Right. Like I have mom guilt right now. Sure. As we talk, my kids are upstairs with, with their fabulous grandmother. Um, and there's some, there's some guilt. So like, what's the difference between guilt and shame? I think that might be interesting to, to dig into a little bit too. Yeah. And just honestly, soapbox wise, every woman who chooses not to breastfeed gets shamed yeah. by someone. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Women yeah. are, it's okay to shame a woman, right? No, no it's no. not. It's not. You don't deserve to feel shame and you don't need to feel it. Yeah, it's a well, weapon and it's not okay. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about shame next week and macronutrients. So, <laughs> yeah, because on Monday in my course, you're going to get the fuel module. So you'll get trainings for hydration, carbohydrates, proteins, fats. There's a ton of confusion about carbs, proteins, and fats. So I dig down into the science and then let you know how all of them affect insulin, which ones are the good, neutral, bad, all that good stuff. So um, those trainings, along with the masterclass of insulin resistance and inflammation, that drops on Monday. So that's kind of your homework. And if you don't get it all done by the time we meet on Wednesday, that's okay. But those are going to be available too. I'm not too worried about it. I read like a thousand pages a week. I'm pretty sure I've got a half an hour for your video. Okay, thanks. And do you like to read, read or audio read? I do both. Okay. I like to watch um, when your face gets excited about something. I know it's extra important. And then I, br I print out the pages and highlight the stuff that really appeals to me that I need to kind of think about. So that's funny. Like when your face gets excited. Well, we're all, you know, people are like, Oh, you seem so excited and positive. I'm like, cause I give a shit. Mm -hmm. This is important. I'm not doing this because I need to lose weight. I'm doing this video series because I want everybody to feel okay about who they are. Um, you know, and if it takes me exposing myself a little bit, I'm okay with that. Not exposing myself, but exposing yeah. <laughs> life. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, these are Zoom, but there will be no exposing. Correct. <laughs> All right, Miss Sarah. Well, thank you so much for today. And we will chat again next week. So let's sign off to the viewers. Bye, viewers. Bye, thank viewers. So I want to say one more thing. Yeah. Namaste to my friends in India. I love Yay. that you love me. And I'm going to continue doing it for you. Yes, people in India love Sarah, as we found out. So, <laughs> all right, guys, we will talk to you again next week. Have an awesome Bye, week. 
If you guys have an implementation intention, drop it in the comments below and be sure you subscribe and hit the bell to get notified for next week's video. Yeah, and definitely ask me any questions you have because yeah. I will answer any question. I yeah. promise you. Well, that may be Pandora's box, Sarah. I'm all right. Okay. <laughs> any question, you heard her. Bye, guys. Bye. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Sarah. I hope that you see yourself in Sarah. Maybe you identify with some of her struggles. Let me know. Go to the YouTube video and post a comment. Um, again, be sure that you're subscribing to this podcast and subscribing to the YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all for myself or Sarah, you can post those in the YouTube comments or email info at reshapept.com and we will be more than happy to get back to you. Um, we're meeting every week, so there's going to be another session with Sarah next week. Have a good one.